And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. We're live. Welcome to the Elevating IT Podcast. My name is Mike Brooks, and I'm with my good friend, old friend, not old, you're not old, Jim. I've known you for a long time. Exactly. So God, what age, did you mean? like uh, two, 2013, probably, I think. Yes, I think that was right. It was with a group out on the West Coast. We did the first event and we were down in New Orleans with another event a couple years later. Uh, right. All good. Yeah. So I'm going to introduce you. Um, I am with Jim Ryerson from Sales Octane. And Jim is, is uh, basically, for lack of a better term, you're a sales trainer, sales educator, you're a sales coach. You're 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 more than that. You know, it's like I, I I wanted to explain, and when I talk to people about what you do, I just said sales trainer because I think that's recognizable. But you do so much more, and you're just not only are you somebody who trains people and teaches people this stuff, but you are a amazing salesperson. Like I mean, I've watched you, I've listened to you, and not everybody who does what you do can also walk the walk and talk. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Matter of fact, over COVID in terms of like, how do you define what I do? Because all conventions were canceled during COVID. I had some time on my hands. And so I enrolled in a couple of master's courses around basically cognitive behavior therapy, which is the most recent research on how people learn new habits, because that's the other thing I do. Yeah, you're a sales trainer and you're a sales coach. But at the same time, you're trying to help sales pros learn some new habits. And that that's spinning up at a faster rate, like, you know, 100 years ago, nothing changed for, you know, 80 years. And now it's like Moore's Law kicks in and there's always new content. There's new approaches. There's new things to learn. And so habit transformation is my latest excitement, basically, is spending time in that space. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Love it. Well, how did you get started in sales in the first place? I mean, you're out. I know you're out in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you're go. You're gracious enough to come on here before you're about to go on vacation. So I thank you for, for doing that. <laughs> oh no! How did you? How did you get started? How did like tell us the story of Jim Ryerson? Where did you come from? And all that. Oh, it's pretty fast, actually. I uh, I've only had three jobs in my life, which is you know, very unusual in this day and age. But uh, when I got out of school, I went to work for a large corporation, uh, worked in marketing for a period of time. Then that led to sales was in the field, uh, had a small distribution business during that period of time. And then the third opportunity was I, I got to this point where I realized I really didn't like managing people. And a lot of it comes back to my my behavior style, my personality. I am very competitive. I like to get out there and get things done. So had an opportunity to become a sales trainer. So I had been in sales, but I basically just made the pivot to become a sales trainer, took a year off, uh, wrote a book. I had been speaking about the content as I was writing it. And one of these click moments where I was in a session just speaking about content and somebody came up afterwards and said, boy, you should write a book about this. His name was Arthur and Arthur turned out to be a publisher. And he said, I have a business book company and we'll give you an editor 
and that the rest is history. Book got published. And that also was kind of a reinforcement that I like to organize thoughts. So I've written, what is it? it's been four books now. Uh, people don't read as much as they used to. So we've been doing more uh, shorter hits, videos, things of that nature. This kind of format is perfect. Right. All right. So I'm going to, and for the people who are listening and watching, you know, if you're part of our audit community, um, you're going to be invited to some training that we're going to do with Jim because I'm, I'm, uh, bending his arm a little bit to come on and, and and do some training for our users. And of course, we always open that to the whole community, to anybody who wants to, to jump in. If you're an MSP uh, or a user or not, uh, you'll be invited to that. So I want to speed through a couple of things. Okay. And, and you know, as I told you in the beginning, we, this goes wherever it goes. So I could go off on a tangent, but we, we or we could go off on a tangent. Anything, anything goes, whatever we want to talk about. And for those listening, if, if you have a question for Jim as we go, comment. You know, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's uh, we, we broadcast this to LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. So if you put a comment in with a question, we will see that and be able to answer for you. But I wanted to talk about a little bit about as much as I hate to do this. You know, everybody talks about the pandemic. But I think we're, we're at an interesting point, right? Like things are now we've experienced this whole long year of, of nothing and turmoil and con mm -hmm. all this crazy stuff. And, and what do you see is happening now or what should people be aware of now, especially in the, in the IT space? And I'll, I'll preframe preface this with, I know some IT guys like anybody else are, are struggling, but I just talked to, to, to a couple today who are having the best summer so far of, of ever. Right. Like in a time when all of a sudden they, they expect a slowdown, they're busier than ever because all of a sudden people are getting ready for back to work. So I want to talk about what you're seeing and how, how they should be um, doing things now. No, it's it's a great point. I mean, it's the number one question right now, Jim. What do what do we do? You know, post pandemic coming back. Well, first of all, think about what's going on. You know, during the pandemic, had everybody had to work from home. W you know F H. Everybody worked from home, and the thought was once the pandemic was over, everyone would race back to the office. But what corporate you know the corporate space realized is that there are certain roles that you could do off-site. So companies are not foolish. If, if I can have you work off-site, then that reduces my, my real estate footprint, which reduces my cost. Uh, frankly, you're going to work out of your house. You're going to use your bandwidth. You're going to use, you know, if you start thinking about it, there's a benefit. And a lot of, a lot of um, workers, like it could be your customer. A lot of your customers may actually like working from home. They may feel like they're more productive. Now we can argue all day long. I've listened to lots of podcasts about the pros and cons of work from home. But the reality is it's sticky. This thing is not gonna go away, which means that you may be calling on someone that is working from home or, or you may have someone in the decision process. So you go out, you do your audit, you meet with someone in IT, but, but then the boss or the committee gets involved. What is the statistical probability that everyone's gonna be in the same corporate space? I mean, I have clients right now. I've got one that I talked to yesterday. I'm having a hard time keeping track of where he is because this company said, hey, you can do your training online. He's a, he's a sales trainer for a large corporation. We you know partner together. And they said, we don't care where you live. So every 30 days, he and his wife moved to another part of the United States. 
So I'm having a hard time selling him on things because I got to line up with his time frame of now he's on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. You got the time difference. So just stop for a second and think about this. If a percentage of your clients may in fact be working from home, that means that you have to sell a little bit differently because you're not going to go to their house. So the idea of Zoom, you know, and I mean, when I say Zoom, I mean, you know, Zoom, Google, you know, Google Meet, Teams, there's like a bazillion variations. It is never going away. So if you don't like it, if it's like, you know, I don't, you know, I got a bad camera. I'm only using one screen. Hear me now. Believe me later. It's not going away. And the smart salespeople, the ones that are, are dominating right now, are the ones that are learning the new technology. They're learning this new habit of meeting their clients where their clients are at, which could be anywhere on this planet. So, I mean, what are you seeing in terms of where you're in New York City, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm in Connecticut. Yeah, what percentage of people have returned to the physical workspace? It's, you know, we're starting to see it happen now. And I, I know it's different everywhere. New York is just starting to kind of come back online, but it's, it's, uh, it's a changed world. Yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, we're hearing some businesses are, are asking their people to come back. Some businesses are the opposite. And so it's anywhere in between. And it's, it's a funny challenge, you know, meeting them where they are. When you talk about that, you know, the IT guys are the ones that are wiring the world, right? They're the ones. Right. Our, our, our audience are the ones who are setting people up to do that. So while this is a bad thing for some of the world, it's a good thing for them because they've got to do the work to make sure to get. And, and I think a lot of them were really busy during the pandemic. Absolutely. And, and you'll be really busy in the next several years because as companies come back, we didn't mention this up front, a, a good number of years of my life, 25 to be exact, um, I spent in the office furniture space. So I still have a lot of contacts in that space and I talk to them and what they're telling me is they're going to be busy reconfiguring spaces, which always impacts the, the, the wire. It always impacts the community. It always impacts what your audience does. So yes, you will be busy, but you, but you have to learn a new shtick. You, you need to learn to number one, get really comfortable engaging the customer where they are. The other thing that, uh, let me ask you a question. I mean, have you, Mike, ever received a phone call on your mobile device and you realize it's, it's spam, it's sales, maybe even have talked to the person, you don't want to talk to them anymore. Have you ever blocked somebody, Mike, even once? Oh, of course. Okay, so let's stop and think about this. And in my for the audience, you really need to engage on this. So a salesperson calls you and you block them. So here's the million dollar question, Mike. The next time that salesperson calls you on your mobile device, that you block them, what do they get? What do they hear? What is their experience on their end? What's the difference? Nothing. There is no difference. You're right. And, and everybody gets this wrong. In, in, in virtual training sessions, I ask the question, they go, well, the, the phone's busy. No, it's not busy. Oh, it goes, it, you know, it, it says you've been black. No, it doesn't. It rings. And you're going to hear your lovely customer's voice prospect in this case 
you know, leave your name, number, and a brief message. I'll be sure to be get back with you. And then you're going to wax eloquent. Matter of fact, you're going to go back and lie to your boss that night when the boss says, hey, how you doing with the XYZ account? Oh, I've left several messages all over it. I'm on, I'm on them like a monkey on a cupcake. They don't even know you exist. They don't know you breathe air because on their phone, nothing changes. It doesn't ring. They don't see your message. Even if you try texting them, it looks like the text left your phone. They got nothing at their end. So here's the dilemma. With a good percentage of people that will continue to work from home, are they using a landline? Hmm. And a good percentage are not. It might be pushed to their mobile phone. So here's the deal. You better be really good out of the gate. And so the second thing that we're seeing in this work, you know, this post pandemic, one is you got to meet your customer where they are. Number two, if you're doing prospecting, like, like banging the phones, you have to, you have to come at it. You have to make a, like a really positive first impression because if they block you and they can do the same thing with email, they can block your email, right? You're kind of dead. So post pandemic, I think good. I tell you what, this is going to be a great time for great companies and great people. Like if you, if people in the marketplace know about you and you do good work, you're like a good person. You have integrity. You do good work. You're, you follow through with your customers. You bring value. I'm telling you, you are going to, the, the water is going to rise and you are going to dominate because you're going to need referrals and you're going to need some connection to someone that your prospect knows because you kind of get one chance. And if they block you or if they block your email and they shut it down, number one, you're never going to know. Number two, they don't even know you exist at that point. So post pandemic is referrals, work your network. I mean, that's, that's, the two things that we're working on right now. Now, let me go back to you, Mike. You talk to a lot of managers, a lot of sales managers. I have to believe there might be a manager or two on this call. What do most managers complain about with their salespeople? So salespeople, if you're on the call, think about if your boss was asked, what do I want my sales pros to do more or do more of or stop doing? What do you think the managers say? Yeah, I mean, they ultimately they want more sales, right? So they want, right. you know, they want them doing more of the activities that are going to lead to what they think the sales are going to lead to. And and I think I know where you're going. You know, with with you can't necessarily just do the old fashioned ways and pick up the phone and try and bang it out, or you know, send cold emails and bang it out. You got to do, you got to be more clever than that. Right. Pre-call research. I mean, what I hear a lot from managers, because I always ask that question when somebody hits our website and says, you know, we're looking for a sales training organization. We're looking for content for our sales pros. Um, I always spin back and it's basically how many salespeople do you have? Are we talking hunters? Are we talking farmers? Are we talking ranchers, you know, middle of the road folks uh, facing customer facing? Is it all virtual? So I ask a series of, of very demographic questions and then I, I pivot into three psychographic questions, which is what are they not doing that you want them to do? What are they doing that's driving you crazy? And what what are some things that they're doing that they need to do more of? And it always comes back that the list is so predictable. It'll be like, well, my salespeople aren't prepared. 
I mean, they don't do any pre-call research. They don't put together a plan. Oh, oh Jim, they, they, they talk too much on calls. They, as I say, show up and, and throw up. Uh, they don't ask great questions. They don't, uh, you know, they don't qualify properly. They don't un uncover challenges. And these are all begin to come together. Another one that we hear a lot is uh, they, they don't close strongly. There's not a strong call to action in the process or follow up. So those are kind of like what I call the, the big six, if you will. Hmm. And here's the crazy thing, especially after going through this, this uh, master's, couple of master's courses on cognitive behavior therapy is, you know, for 18 years, we've been testing salespeople. We've got, we've got 6,000 numbers of demographics or psychographics and demographics on salespeople who have taken the test. And what we know is they're typically wired. They're really good with people. Like my guess is if you're listening to this, you're probably amazing with people. Like you walk into and people like you, um, you're, you're really good with people. You're smart about the product. And that's what the assessment will show. Well, let me tell you what the backside of that is. Chances are you do move way too fast, massive multitasker. Therefore, things like preparation kind of falls by the wayside. Uh, you're very good at influencing people through, you know, your point of view, your features, benefits and advantage. So truth be told, if we put the monkey cam on you, we look at the tape afterwards and be like, man, I talked a lot more then I listened. Well, here's the deal. What's the antidote to talking more? Like, how do you not talk? That's a great question. <laughs> like, if I'm hanging with you, it's like, hey, my boss told me I talk too much, so I just won't talk. Well, you, I mean, you're sitting across from somebody in technology who, by and large, doesn't like to talk. And now, so what's going to happen? Well, it's questions. Right. If you if you have a process and you have great questions, and a matter of fact, one of the, this is a little bit off what I was thinking of, uh, but I always tell people if you're not hearing one of three things on a sales call, you're not doing a great job. If you if they never if that IT person never says that's a great question, you're probably not asking good great questions. Number two, if they never say that's a good point then obviously you didn't share something that's like got them thinking. Number three, uh, I've never thought about that. I've not thought about that. Then you've not offered something new. So it's a quick uh, test you can run as you as you go out on your next call, you know, today, next week, is, you know, how often do they say, no, that's a good question. You know, I'm not really sure. That's a good question. Let me think of it. You know, I, I, wow, never thought about that. That's a great point. That's what you're looking for. Now, the only way to do that is questions. The only way to ask great questions is the preparation. The only way to prepare is by doing your pre-call research. So kind of all fits with the DNA, which is why, you know, when we, and you, you experienced this. I mean, when we work with a, with a company, we always start with money back. Let's test your salespeople. If you get no value from that process, we will shake hands, part friends, and I am good. But I am willing to bet that when you test those salespeople, you're going to find out. No, it's going to validate what right. you've probably been feeling through the years. Wow, it right. says that they're uncomfortable with objections. It says they don't plan properly. It says they don't follow up. Well, guess what? That's good because salespeople need self-awareness. So our goal is, you know, you're not broken. 
you, you've got this tremendous skill, but there's nobody that's got it all figured out. That's why you get a consultant. That's why you get somebody from the outside just to help you look and, and sharpen up a bit. And then all the ships will rise um, as you put together new content based on, you know, best practices. So, you know, to me, it's, it's quite predictable as to where this is going to go in terms of you're going to have to learn a new shtick. It's probably going to involve a hybrid of, you know, face-to-face -face meetings and a lot of virtual sales pitches. So you better get good at that. And then here's the other dilemma with, with post-pandemic. Um, and you, you tell me, are your customers telling you that, that decisions are moving faster or it's just taking longer? You give somebody a proposal and it takes a little bit longer. What, which way are you hearing it? You know, actually, I'm hearing both. So it depends on it's different in different parts of the country because we're, we're coming back in waves and, and the world. You know, we have IT providers all over the world that are that are in our audience. And, and there's something that's unique about our, our the folks who are probably listening here. I bet you the, there's a mix. There's probably folks listening who are salespeople in an IT company. Right. They're 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 going to be very different than the ones who are the technician owner who is out there selling. Mm -hmm. IT, you know, IT guys are, 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 have a specific, almost like um, they're, they're not, you know, I don't want to, the personality profile of an IT guy is different than the person, the personality profile of a salesperson. Not to say anyone is better than the other, right? Like it's just the way they think, the way they interact is different. So, um, and to circle back to your actual question is it, it's different. I know some are, are finding it, it, they can't get people to make any decision, but there, there's some that are like all of a sudden are popping like crazy because they got to get everybody back in the office now. So they're scrambling to find our guys. And I think there's an opportunity out there for the IT providers to go crazier this summer than they ever have. Because I think, you, you know the way it is, Jim, everybody kind of pulls back in the summer. We all want to go on vacation. Nobody wants to make decisions. And when you're selling, I think, you know, in, in those summer months where people are, are doing less, we have to be more aggressive. And I think, I think we, you know, if, if you would normally, if an IT provider would turn it up to, to an eight in the summer where they maybe normally were at a six, they need to turn it up to a 10 or an 11, you know, to, to go even further because there's so much, I think there's a lot more business out there than they realize in the summer months. Yes. And here, and here's where I go down this path of decisions make taking longer. And what you said, people all over the country. Now, remember, we've got people working from home. We have a lot of committee decisions. Okay. You're talking to someone, IT, you go meet with someone, but oftentimes they don't unilaterally, that, that person you're talking to, they cannot unilaterally by themselves make the decision on their own. They have the influence of others. Now, add to that the statistical probability that someone on that committee may, in fact, not be in the same room when you go meet with your IT person. Uh, probability, exceptionally high. Number two, in the situations where companies are taking maybe a little bit longer, industries that, hey, we're watching our quarterly earnings, whatever, we're gonna wait to the last second till we pull the plug on this. If it takes longer, then there's a possibility they'll forget all of the nuances of what you shared during your sales conversation. So here's another, uh, you know, I hate to use the word pivot, it's so overused, but here's another pivot I think salespeople need to 
need to make. Video messaging, while you know, it is a heavy lift for a lot of folks, I think it's where it's going. Now, hear me out because I was not necessarily a believer at first when I started playing with it. But here's the scenario. You meet IT person, you meet with an end user, you go through the diagnostic, you maybe you present live or maybe you present over Zoom to them or something. And they go, great, give us a couple of weeks and we got to go back to the committee or I've got somebody else I want to show. Now what you're hoping for is that you did such an amazing job of equipping the new salesperson for your company because you're no longer the salesperson. You're expecting the person on the other side of the table to go to others in their company and pitch for you. Mm. Probability of success, lower, yeah. lower your forecast. So what do you do? See, I think what, what you do is as soon as you get off that pitch or right before you get off the, the conversation, face-to-face, -face, whatever, you say, hey, Mike, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna just make a quick little screen share video discussing, you know, summarizing what we talked about today, and I'll send that to you. And, you know, feel free to forward it on to anyone else who may have questions. Now, here's the heavy lift. You've got to get off the call. You've got to turn on your camera. You've got to have all the collateral, your proposal, you know, five, seven page proposal, all of that equipment, all that listing. I mean, I've seen your deck from Audit IT, which is awesome. A lot of content there. Now, if we know that in any communication, if you and I talk for an hour, you will miss 50% of what I say and I will miss 50% of what you say. So why do we think it's going to be different when you sell a customer? They're going to miss some of what you shared and they're now the new salesperson for your company. Stop. I mean, this these platforms, I, I've been writing a lot about it on, on my little newsletter on Friday. And there's like 18, 19 different platforms and you can go, you can spend as little or as much. I mean, some of them are free, but at the end of the day on the screen, they're going to see your little face. People buy from people. They buy from people they like. You become very likable when you help your IT person by summarizing everything you just threw on them. Now here's the best part. That IT person then forwards that link to the other committee members. And you talk about differentiating your offer from your other competitors who are like, well, thanks, Mike. I'll look forward to hearing from you in two weeks. Uh, you know, if I don't hear from you, uh, I'll never call you again. I mean, that's that's the, the, the zero end of the scale. And then the five now used to be the 10. The five is now, well, great. Okay, so you think you're going to know by next week, Friday, if I don't hear from you by Friday, I'll give you a call. Or maybe, maybe you're really good. When are you and I going to be able to talk to the committee? That's awesome. But what if they say, how's never, never good for you? I mean, by the way, the committee, one's in Guam, one's in Oregon, one's in Florida, and one's here at the corporate office with me. Okay, well, you better be good at pivoting to a screen share. But if they say, no, no, no. This is your last chance. Why wouldn't you zip up a 10 minute video showing your collateral, talking about the features and benefits and sharing with the customer? Hey, Mike, thanks again. Just I promised I would put together a quick little uh, summary of what we talked about today. Up front, you shared with me. Here were some of your problems. I mean, put the problems up front. 
So that so as the video goes, other people are telling, oh, I didn't know we had that problem. I didn't know it was that bad. It's right. Well, now let me ask you, so you, let's say you present, you're presenting your solution to whoever is on that call, right? Like yep. whoever you can get, whatever committee members are there, you're presenting it live to them. You're, you're having, you know, you've got great rapport, things are going well, but that call is probably an hour. Yes. Maybe more, right? Like now, so let me, you could always record that, but they're not going to listen to an hour. Nobody's going to, I mean, that's like why I paint dry. Right. So you're, you're doing something, you're obviously taking that and distilling it down so that you're explaining maybe what you explained, right? Like, how does that look? Yes. And here's the thing. Uh, if I, if you wanted to learn to play basketball, if you have a, you know, a, a daughter or a son and they want to learn to play basketball and you say free throws are incredibly important, free throws are incredibly important. So I want you to practice free throws and they say, okay, dad, I'll go out and I'll do one free throw a day. How good are they going to get? I mean, really, how good are they going to get? Not that good. What if they did five, 10 free throws a day? I think they do better. Yeah, sure. So get this. One of the unintended consequences and a very positive one of starting to do video messages after a sale. So it's like, the, you know, it's like a summary of here's the here's the proposal. I've covered it real quick. And but it, remember, it's not two way. Not going to be an hour and a half video. It's going to be 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, and you're almost telling them like, hey, when you're looking at this later, here's what it means or here's what you should be looking yes. for. Training them to understand. Yeah, and, it's, and it's not like this. It's not like a full screen and it's not just audio. It's a screen share where you bring in the proposal, you bring in your collateral materials, you bring in your diagnostic deck, you bring in all this and it's summarized and it's tight. Well, here's the deal. You play how you practice, fair? You play how you practice. Yeah. So here's the deal. If you start doing more of these, you're gonna build the muscle memory. That's how that's how cognitive behavioral therapy works. If you do something consistently, like if I've gotta make five of these today, cause I did five pitches, and they're all gonna be a little different. One says, hey Mike, one says, hey Sally, you know, but, 80% of the content is your features, benefits, and advantages, and why they should use you. You're going to get smoother. So if those of you out there who think, you know, now post-pandemic, we're all going to be back in and it'll be associations again. Well, you're going to be really good at shooting free throws. Right. Because you're going to be so good and tight at not saying um and ah. Because guess what? You watch a screen share video of yourself, and if you hear yourself going so um, Mike, uh, as you'll see here, um, well, you listen to that and you go, oh my gosh, is that me? That's called self-awareness. Fix it. I mean, that's, it's easy. I used to do it horribly when I first started doing presentations. Um and ah, it's because your brain works too fast and your brain is filling in the sound. Right. Just be self-aware. So, I, I, you know, my observation coming out of this is who knows what this next couple of years looks like. But I'll tell you, they're going to need your product. That's a guarantee. Number two, they're going to be distributed people. Your customers are going to be all over the place. There's going to be more committees, more people getting their their oar in the water on the decision. So how are you going to touch all these people? Well, you better get good at screen share. Number two, if you're thinking about doing prospecting, 
you better do great work for your clients and then ask them for referrals. Because if you do cold calling and you get blocked, you'll never know it. And it's over with that client. And, and that's a scary thing. But here's, but here's the thing. If you're good and you work that referral stream, you're going to be so blessed in this new world order because nobody's got time anymore. So they're looking for the best provider who can get to them on their terms. So I, those are the, those are the first step I would take other than, you know, like make sure you know who you are, make sure you know your sales style, your behavioral style, and don't go into denial. Let's figure out what you're good at. Let's find the areas where you need to adapt a bit, figure out what those approaches are and execute. So that, that's kind of what I see right now. And it, it feels it's sticking with people. It, it is working. That's great, man. I, you know, I, I've got like 18 more questions I want to ask you, but I want to let you get away on vacation here. I want to put up, um, and I thank you for coming on. I want to give people a couple of links if they want to find out more about you. Oh, I got to mention that this is like the funniest thing ever. So I used to pre COVID and it'll come back. I used to uh, travel 180 days a year. So I was always on an airplane and a great place to network because where are they going to go? Nowhere. Right. And almost always on airplanes, it's, you know, VP of sales, owner of businesses, entrepreneurs. So I, I would, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody just and if they engage, I would ask a few questions. They always ask, what do you do? And then I'm like, you first. And then I find out they're in charge of sales. How many salespeople ask a series of questions that aren't spontaneous? I mean, they, they're planned. But then at the end, it's always kind of like, hey, do you have a card? Well, here's the deal. Sometimes you don't have a card. So I bought that website. I just met you. Yeah, so I'll stop like literally in the on a golf course. I just had it last week. It's like, how do I get a hold of you? Okay, I'm Jim. They're like, yeah, you just met me. Yeah. Just go to I just met Jim.com. By the way, every single one of you should get some variation of this because it's just kind of fun. And you just have a hyperlink to sales octane, in my case, salesoctane.com. And um, there is a free uh, app on the site. So if you go to I just met Jim or salesacting.com, you'll see the bugs for Apple and so on. Just I have hundreds of sales training videos that I, I throw on there. There's a there's a sign up on there for Finish Line Friday. So every Friday, two minute video real fast. Watch it on your mobile device. But it's just trying to keep giving you energy. And then if you are interested in even having a conversation, there's a way to connect with me, just answer a few questions, and then I'll toss back my calendar and I'd uh, love to talk to you. Yeah, and I, I would recommend everybody go check out Sales Octane and, and the videos Jim do, Jim does great content. So he, he like, he's got a ton of great free content out there you know, for you to, to dive into. And then uh, definitely reach out to Jim. I'm gonna reach it back out and get you back on here. Um, I got to check. I just met Mike because I have a feeling I bought that after realizing you bought that. Because I'm not remembering a conversation. That was nine years ago. Nine yeah. years ago, Mike. I bet you. I bet you. I have that somewhere. I bet you that's mine. I'll hey, thanks for there. having me on, though. I mean, uh, I just. I mean, if, if I were sitting with with any one of you on the phone right now, one on one, I'd like you know stop and say, you know this is really going to be an amazing opportunity this next 10, 15 years. 
it's just you have to differentiate yourself from your competition. And a lot of that is you. It's you. I mean, a lot of you are selling the same kinds of products. I mean, your competitors have the same portfolio. Uh, so how do you differentiate yourself? That's we just gave you three ways today. Yep. So it doesn't uh, take much, Jim, right? Like it doesn't with the bombardment of like um, there's these do dumber things, faster tools out there that make like the you know, people are just doing these automated calls, automated emails. Everything's like automated this and people are doing it the lazy way. And not that we're calling anything lazy. We were talking about that before too. Uh, but everybody's doing so there's so many people doing it wrong that I think just making a little effort really elevates you. Yeah, there's an there's a there's a concept that I use a lot called habit stacking. You know, people talk about multitasking and there's lots of them been written that that really doesn't work. All you do is move rapidly between things. That's multitasking. So you really never do anything well. Whether you agree or disagree, that's one rule. Then there's habit stacking. It's where you do multiple things on top of each other. And I think when you do like um when you get good at video messaging, you're actually doing two habits at the same time. You're giving the customer what they need that's sticky. It's gonna move throughout their organization. Other decision makers are gonna see you. They're gonna hear the pitch from you. That, that's a good thing. But the second level of habit stacking is that you're actually practicing your pitch over and over and over again, but that's not it. That's not enough. There's a third level of habit stacking, which is, as soon as you finish that video and you press the button, you get to watch it. And I can't tell you how many people watch their own video and they're like, man, I'm just all over the place. Hmm. Do you think that's any different when you're with customers? Yeah. About it. Succinct, precise, professional. That's what your IT buyer wants because that's their behavior style, precise, analytical, compliant, rule follower. Why don't you emulate the same persona on these videos and watch what happens? So that's a great, thank you. great point. And a great point about that. Oh man, I love that. The, the, the idea that, you know, because a lot of people are afraid to make videos and it's like gives you the, just from the fact that it gives you the opportunity to practice and then go back and watch your pitch, watch how you're communicating and fix that because you're you're communicating without a camera when you're in front of a person. That's yes. Yeah. Great point. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I'm gonna hey, thank you. Again, uh, go to ijustmetjim.com to, to learn more about Jim or salesoctane.com. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Jim, for graciously giving your time just before you're going to go on vacation. And uh, I'm going to bring you back on soon. Hey, have a great day and have a great start to summer. Thanks, Jim. Bye. Thanks, everybody.